You're listening to the Spandex Power Armor Podcast. Somehow still sponsored by Toku Toy Store. Hello and welcome to the Spandex Power Armor Podcast. Today we'll be talking about every era of the Godzilla franchise. And before we get started, we'd like to remind you this podcast is sponsored by TokuToyStore.com. They're doing the rounds at a few cons around the UK, actually. Mm, yes, indeed. So you can go there and give them your money in person. Yes, it's the true convention experience. You also get a high five from Will if you ask very politely, or tell him Rex sent you, you might get a kiss. So as we said, we're, t- we're tackling Godzilla today. And what better place to start than, well, the beginning with the Showa era. This is uh, this is near and dear to many people's hearts. A lot of people um, who got into Godzilla and are still big fans of it started with the Showa films, watching them as kids and uh, maintaining fond memories of them well into their adult years. Of course, it all started with the serious dramatic film Godzilla in 1954, a somber reflection on the effects of nuclear war and Japan's way of coping with the horror that affected them a decade earlier. And it ended with Mechagodzilla. Yeah, because it's Japan. It just, of course. It, Japan happened to Japan. There are, There's only so long Japan can go without adding a giant robot to something. I mean, just wait until Japan becomes mechanized. Nippon Robo, launch! 1954 Godzilla itself served as the basis for just about every Godzilla film. Hmm. In the Heisei Millennium series, it was always the beginning one. They'd always been the effects of that movie. And everything was just based on that. They ignored the other show films, but just say, okay, Godzilla attacks, now there's another one. Which is okay for like the uh, 84 one, but when you get to something like uh, when like GMK, it just becomes weirdly kind of far removed, like uh, it happened like, I don't know, 50 years ago. And oh, look, Godzilla's here again, I guess. Hi, Godzilla. Isn't it a plot point in... Um... Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a plot point in GMK, when because uh, everyone's forgotten about um, Godzilla being a legit threat. Of course, we could wax lyrical over 1954 Godzilla all day long, but we've got to look over the other aspects of Showa, like the sequel, Godzilla Raids Again, or no. Gigantis the Fire Monster. Oh. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't that print of the film Lost or something like that? Oh, yeah. I really want to watch it. Actually, when they tried to sell it in the West, they even sent the Godzilla and Angura suits over. Yeah, they and they lost. They just disappeared. Yeah, that is Where just are they? really strange. Maybe it's just in some guy's basement. You just prop them up, and maybe, maybe, he's, maybe he's a serial killer. Puts the just... bodies in the monster suits. Yeah. This is going to be, I think, this is going to be some sort of Five Nights at Freddy's style indie game that we'll have to make. Yes, yeah, so uh, our target audience is now. Uh... 12-year-old kids on YouTube. Wait, hang on, we need to get some fidget spinners. <laughs> uh, yeah, the... Um, oh, man, Raids Again was a very uh, big departure from what Godzilla was, the uh, the original Godzilla, because it added not only a new monster, but lightened the tone significantly. The only returning cast member, aside from Godzilla himself, was Professor Yamane, who uh, popped in at the beginning and said, It's a dinosaur, yo. Well, that's a load of banana oil. Yes, b- banana oil. That's a common phrase that everyone remembers and uses to this day. Still, it's a fairly clever method of dubbing that they did there. One thing I found interesting was because normally in kaiju films they shot it at a higher frame rate and they just slowed it down to a lower frame rate to make it appear as though the monsters were big and lumbering. But this didn't happen in Raids Again. They kept it at the normal speed and it looked exactly how you think it would with two blokes in heavy rubber slapping each other. Oh no, it wasn't even that. I can't remember which one is, whether it's underclocking or overclocking. But they did the opposite. The director uh, got the two mixed up. So instead of um, filming it with fewer frames to kind of make it look slower and more lumbering, well, they did the opposite. Great, they Benny Hilded. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, I mean, it's an effect, certainly. I don't much care for it, though. That's one of the reasons why I'm not too fond of Raids Again. (laughs) I know, wait, it's Godzilla Raids Again, but every time they see banana oil, it just gets faster. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, enough banana oil jokes. We could just make them all day long. After that was King Kong vs. Godzilla, the first colour Godzilla film and the first colour King Kong film. And well, it was oh, that was if, if, if Raids Again was a departure. This one was completely in a different. It's camptacular. Park. Yeah, I mean, this was mostly comedic. I mean, there's um, you know, got that um, corporate exec who goes on with the goes with the expedition. He's a, I think he might have been played by a comedian actually. One thing I like is that they try to stay away from the original Godzilla idea of him being a big green thing that breathes fire. In fact, no, he's sort of a charcoal grey-looking fella. Hmm. The blue energy beam was just fantastic, in my opinion. It just seems so unique. Wasn't too fond of the Godzilla suit in that movie, though. 
I like the head sculpt for it. It's, it's different to what we've got and different from a lot of heads. It's very reptilian. The uh, the eyes are more kind of matched on the sides, that kind of thing. I, I like it. It's, I mean, it's, it's good compared to the old Muppet-looking ones from later on. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, the Kong suit as well was... You had to be sewn into that. Like, there was no zips, there was nothing like that. You were actually sewn into it. Isn't that just how they used to execute people? Just sew them into the Kong suit, give them a few rounds in front of the camera, they'll eventually sweat to death. <laughs> Under the, uh, yeah, the spotlights. Honestly, I would not be surprised if someone actually died making a Godzilla film and they just hushed it up. Yep, I'm sort of, I'm going to have to use this as a premise for an indie game or something. <laughs> Kong is great. They introduced um, giant octopuses as well. Those were great. Oh, yeah. Didn't they use an actual live octopus in film? Three. It? Three. And according to legend, um, Subraya ate one, one died, and the other one was released. Well, I guess that's one lucky octopus. It's. Uh, I like how they use it. They, um, they plop it down on the little miniature thing and just squirt it with air to make it move in different uh, directions. Kind of cruel. Yeah, especially given how intelligent those things are. Yeah, well, just we have changed a lot in cinema. Normally, it's just expensive CGI. Yeah, I, they did use little, um, little kind of rubber plastic models as well for things, and stop motion for when it grabbed um, islanders. Ah, uh, yes. Did they did they black up for those islanders? I swear they did. I'm sure they must have darkened their skin for that. Maybe they just found a bunch of gangaros and just say, "Hey, put this grass skirt on." <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's what we should do. Just ship all the gangoros off to their own island. Just let them deal with it. Oh, great. This has given me the idea for a Eurobeat album. I'll call it Gangoro Island. Uh, so, um, I know, I'm fond of Kong vs. Godzilla. It's uh, It'll be definitely interesting to see where the, the remake draws for inspiration from and also differs from the original. As long as it actually shows them in ca- on the camera instead of just in the background, okay. I'm happy. Yeah. And after that, we had something of an eco-adventure with Mothra versus Godzilla. Oh, boy. And, of course, in later versions of the movie, there were, there were always similar style things. So you've got Great Big Egg revealed by natural disaster. Greedy executives want it for some reason. We can charge people to look at it. If I may go off on our first proper big tangent in this episode. Why? Why do they want these things? Um, this pharmaceutical company in uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla, they wanted King Kong. What, what was it in Mothra vs. Godzilla? I know it was the... Um, oh, yeah, they wanted the fairies. Yes. No, they no. they started off wanting the egg. Oh, yes. And then we're like, oh, look, we've got these fairies, let's keep the fairies. And then um, again in the... Uh, in, um, what was it? Saves the Earth or whatever. No, that was a video game. The one in the Heisafe series. Oh, let's keep, kidnap these fairies, they'll be our spokespeople. Why do they want these things? It, why? What What possible good? It's cheaper than idols, because you have to pay idols and treat them almost like human beings with fairies. It's like fairies, box, done. My dude, I don't think I don't think idols are treated anywhere near like human beings. I think they're just kind of kept in kennels. Ah, uh, fair enough. What about a pharmaceutical? They never explain these things. Oh, the, we've got this thing. We've got an egg. All right, um, what are you? I'm a real estate developer. All right. One thing that creeps me out, that is obviously a giant bird egg. Why is there an insect life form in there? Another thing, how did Mothra lay that? Painfully. No, 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 but you've seen how that thing is bigger than she is. Oh, oh, I know it. You know, like in Aliens, where basically the queen makes a large external sac that just grows like over the course of a period of time. It just becomes like an external womb that grows. Okay. And after uh, a period, she can uh, then detach herself uh, and... No. You're listening to the External Womb Podcast. After that, we have Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, and that is one of my personal favorites of the Showa series. Actually, this is one of the few Showa films I haven't watched. I, I swear, I've just never gotten around to it. My dude, I mean, he's one of the best. I mean, it's it's the, a great introduction for Ghidorah, and um, it kind of ties together another... Um, Toho um, monster movie Rodan as well. Oh yeah, because they then started to. T- they were doing what Marvel did with yeah. the superheroes. I mean, um, the uh, the Universal monsters and uh, Toho monsters. I think they were two of the first um, cinematic universes before cinematic universes were a thing. Yeah, there was no. Uh, I know Yamane never turned up in Rodan saying. Rodan, I'd like to talk to you about the uh, the monsters initiative or something like that. You know, it's but no, it's um, introduces them like uh, everyone's aware of these monsters. Um, uh, yeah, there are these weird phenomena. Someone goes around saying that she's from Venus or wherever. Then uh, Martha's saying, "There's a thing coming, yo. We got to go beat the thing." And then uh, it, it's 
And it's nice because they, they, they introduce more of the monster's intellect in this. Oh, yes. You see him actually making decisions, forming alliances. It's, oh, yeah. And, of course, there's the appearance of Ghidorah, which is just beautiful. Seeing him materialize from that oh, funky yes. dual-looking thing. And, oh, no, no, that was, uh, that was Guy again. Was right? like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, Ghidorah had the, uh, the fire oh, thing the going Oh, the fire, on. yes. Yeah. You can tell I have not watched a show Godzilla film in ages. Oh, dude. I'm sorry, community. If, uh, if in King of the Monsters, Ghidorah doesn't appear like that, I'm going to go track down whoever owns Legendary and burn the house down. Yeah, yeah, same. We'll we'll, we'll all join you. If uh, if anyone wants to join us in the lynch mob after the new Godzilla movie comes out, you just just give us a boop on Facebook and donate we'll, to our Kickstarter so we can afford all the pitchforks. Yeah, too. I'll make torches though. You get a free torch. Mm. Um, Guy Fawkes mask of your choice. All right, those are the stretch goals. Oh yeah, stretch goals. Guy Fawkes masks. After that, then we start to give you ski masks and stuff to cover your identity. You get a bike lock, and yeah. Yeah, for five quid you get like a thank you for a tenner you get a hug uh for a thousand quid uh you get to actually join us on it oh for two thousand you get to keep one of the director's organs <laughs> like as a little present oh, not, not, not the important everything. ones so not the important ones you get oh, to keep no. like a piece of skin i guess skin's an organ right yeah actually at most a chunk of the liver you can feed it to your dog yeah we get to keep the hearts the kidneys brain Definitely liver kidneys. well we most of the liver those. We're keeping the bones too. We're going. We're going to mount those. I think we've hit another tangent again. Anyway, aside, this will be used against us in our trial. Aside from mutilating directors of movies that aren't even released yet, Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster was great, but it was also followed by a sequel, Invasion of Astro Monster. Oh, yes. Uh, it was. It was great seeing these two kind of back-to-back Ghidorah movies. I always miss the uh, the Rainbow Ghidorah suit they almost had. Oh, in the descriptions, yes. Yeah. So would you like to talk to the audience about this if they haven't heard about it? Well, originally Ghidorah's going to be Rainbow. Uh, it was going to have rainbow coloured wings, uh, blue body, similar design. That was just colours that were different. Uh, wasn't going to kind of have rainbow beams as well or something like that? It's Godzilla versus the gay agenda. And this one, uh, Planet X is discovered and you know, they ask Earth for help, you know. We got this monster, yo. You got monsters. We'll, uh, we'll take this off your hands for a while if you don't mind. So they send uh, Rodan and Godzilla up to uh, Planet X to fight their monster, which turns out to be Ghidorah. Wow, he really loves coming back, doesn't he? Yeah. In this, uh, however, Ghidorah is somehow under the employ of the. Of the what do we call them? We call them Exilians. Yeah, Zillions. let's go for Exilians. Ikususijinu. I like. I like Exilians. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was the employee of the Exilians, and um, it was all a ploy to get uh, Ghidorah, uh, sorry, uh, Godzilla and Rodan on their side as well, so they could go and mess up Earth, as you do. There was also a, uh, a weird addition in this, and that they had an actual white person. Oh yeah, they did. Wasn't he called Glenn or something like that? The whitest name. The whitest? No, it's not. It's, the whitest one's Chad. <laughs> no, 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 Chet. Chet. Ah, uh, yes. It's, Okay, if any of you out there are called Chet, please leave us a comment, because I, I've never seen anyone real called Chet. Plot twist, he's actually black. Black Chet. <laughs> With the whitest name known to man. It'll be a Chet um, Kentington. Chet, Chet Kentington Smythe, <laughs> the third. And he's from uh, Harlem. Okay. Oh, God. You're listening to the Spandex Racial Tangent Podcast. Spandex Gentrification Podcast. <laughs> this is now a real ale bar. Get out. Your community centre is being bulldozed. <laughs> no, you can't have a dancing competition. Right, as you can tell, we sort of run out of things to talk about with the Ghidorah films. That's why we move on to Ibira Horror of the Deep. But oh, I man. rather enjoyed this one, actually. It was fairly generic in terms of monster films, because it's like, okay, Stuckan Island, exotic people, exotic monster. It doesn't feel like it was made for a Godzilla. For Godzilla. No. And in fact, it was not. Really? It was going to be a Kong film, apparently. Actually, I see what how that can work. That is, that is so much more Kong. Hmm. Honestly, I would rather it just be an Ibera film. Oh, and the Godzilla suit in Ibera was terrible. He looked like the Cookie Monster. Uh, yeah, no, it is. It's not the best suit. Ibera had a great suit, though. Oh, that was fantastic. Mm. I don't think they changed much for the Final Wars Ibera suit, because it was what? there. It was funky. It served its purpose. How is the Ibera suit done? Because I swear it's just like like on a person's upper torso with arms to it. And you got like his legs after that, like... Because it's definitely a guy in a suit. Oh, it's, it's got to be something very, very basic. Yeah, but I, I don't think like the whole guy's in there. I swear it's just like a 
upper body thing with his arms. Well, yeah, you know, the, the water they stick him in is like 15 feet deep. He's got to keep paddling. <laughs> what do you mean, you shallow water? This is the ocean we're talking about. Japanese Stanley Kubrick only films in the ocean on location. At this point, you can see the change in the show franchise. After Mothra vs. Godzilla, Godzilla became more of a hero. He had more of a positive role. He was the one saving people from the monsters. He was the one doing everything and just either acting as a force of nature or intentionally going out and saving people. Mm. I'd say the Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster is a uh, is the turning point of that, because that's where he stops being an ass. Well, I mean, he's still an ass, but like a, that's when he fights for anyone other than himself. There are bigger asses around. See, these, these last couple of uh, movies have had titles that I absolutely adore, like Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster, Invasion of the Astro Monster, Ebira, Horror of the Deep. I mean, these are classic, uh, you know, old movie titles. You don't get... You don't get movie titles like this anymore you got like a something colon matrix reloaded the reckoning part three reloaded origins featuring dante from the devil may cry series and of course if you're familiar with old school monster movie names there's son of godzilla <laughs> not to be confused with bride of godzilla <laughs> next thing we need is minya in a wig just saying but anyway, this shows Godzilla in more of a positive light. You've got him adopting a very, very ugly child. Beating said ugly child, uh, stamping on his tail, berating it, uh, threatening to abandon it. Yeah, Godzilla is father of the year. And they were trying to show little baby Minya going through all these horrible phases as he was abused by monsters and his father. I did like that movie. It was cute. They had some boring subplot with um, humans, but that just didn't matter because you had little baby Minya and he was useless, but he was so cute, especially when he was just like a little tiny thing on Godzilla's tail. Manila's design is um, very understandable when you re recognize that he's prematurely born. It, yeah, actually, that is what every prematurely born Japanese child looks like. They just lose the tail and the scaly skin. I like that film purely because it introduces Kamakuras and Kumonga. Oh, yes. Great, I love how Kamakuras isn't just one monster, it's a group of them. I know, that was so, so cool. cool. Definitely something they really need to build on. Like um, like the uh, Meganula and Meganula... Uh, blah, 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 Meganula and Meganulon in um, oh, yes, Rodan and Megagurus films. Yeah. Films, film, uh, I had to say that it's more akin to them when they yeah. do the thing with the Kamakura because it's like big race of radioactive monsters attacking mm. mankind and Godzilla's in the background having sun problems. <laughs> I like how they bring them back in the comics. In um, Oh, really? Uh, yeah, Cataclysm. It's a post-apocalyptic thing. And um, they, they tried to mind control Godzilla and Godzilla's oh, like... Oh, yeah, you mentioned like, a while ago. No, I ain't having none of that. You guys have gone too far this time. I'm going to... Get out of it's my all head, going. Charles. It's all going. And like, uh, he just decides to mess everything up. Like the world's destroyed. And the monsters are kind of doing their own thing. Like uh, Kamakura so breads kind of exponentially. And they're kind of roving around, that kind of thing. Um, Destroy is still doing his thing. And um, Bailante is trying to repopulate the Earth somehow. I'd, I'd love a movie of that. Oh, right. Or at least like a miniseries. Like a, like a Netflix miniseries or something like that. Yes. Mm. Back on track, though. Bugs. Bugs, giant bugs. The Kamonga thing was terrifying. It's quite a spooky puppet, and it was just so furry. Eerie. It was it's, disturbing. It's as a guy who was terrified of spiders as a kid, that was some creepy stuff, especially with the leg colours. It's a bit like that scene in, you know, in the Jumanji movie with um, Robin Williams? That scene with the spiders. Yeah. It was horrible. And with Kamonga, it's basically a giant version of that. Mm. See, I'm fine with spiders, but... A giant one, well, a giant anything. I don't know, a giant cake would be pretty great. Giant naked woman, sweet. Well, if you want that, you can always watch Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. And taking a different turn, after Son of Godzilla, there was a movie that felt like the end of the Showa era. It was the final wars of its time, mm. but it happened midway through the series. Wasn't it meant to be the end? Yeah, we're yeah. talking about Destroy All Monsters, and it is amazing. So essentially, in terms of plot... You basically got all the monsters on one island, and then they just start rampaging. Then you find out they're being controlled by aliens. And... Wasn't that the um, uh, the, the women in like their silver aluminium? Yeah, the Kilax. Yeah, Kilax. Yeah, it's actually quite an interesting, complex plot that was basically then just remade as Final Wars. And so mankind's like having monsters attack every city, and they do some funky thing where they fight aliens. Angus then... is in Shanghai. Ah, <laughs> yes, they fight aliens, and then they just find a way to control the monsters and then friggin' Ghidorah arrives on Earth and why not? every monster 
just completely wails on his ass. You've stop, got, stop, he's <laughs> already much. dead. You've got even Mothra and Kamonga attacking him. I think Varun and Baragon are just watching in the background. Like, as ah. Manda's just like, go, yeah. I guess. My suit's too expensive to use for this. And then Baragon's like, oh, my suit's too broken from Ultraman to take part. Yeah. But the ending is brutal. You've got Godzilla picking Ghidorah up by the tail, throwing him on Tangiris's mm. spine later on, just constantly breaking him. You've got Minola getting involved too. He's kicking one of Ghidorah's heads while he's down. Oh, doesn't Manila accidentally like throttle him with one of his rings? Yeah. Hey, just brutal. <laughs> How many times do you have to teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> it is quite a horrifying beatdown they give to Ghidorah. I do like how Ghidorah in the Showa films is much more powerful than any one monster. Oh, yeah. Like, in a straight fight, Godzilla probably couldn't, like, from start to finish, just Godzilla versus Ghidorah. In Showa, Godzilla probably couldn't beat him. In every movie with King Ghidorah, not counting GNK... Godzilla always needed help to fight him. Yeah. One thing I do like, though, is the um, like the recurring moves used in uh, Ghidorah films. Or Ghidorah fights. Like, um, I like Ghidorah wrapping one of his necks around Godzilla's throat. Oh, or, yes. Or Godzilla stamping on his neck. Or Mothra biting Godzilla's tail. Yes, or like picking him up and throwing him around. That's one of my favorites. Uh, Destroy All Monsters was my favorite show a film it was beautiful it mm. was the movie that fans of kaiju wanted because it's every kaiju it's every monster we've got a bit of stock footage here a bit of stock footage there but it comes across as a fairly competent sci-fi film oh, and yeah. that was my first experience with it and it was beautiful definitely a good one to start with although of course the next one is all monsters attack also known as godzilla's revenge and instead of reviewing it we'd just mm. like to spend a moment's silence to remember the horror Godzilla says that I should fight my own battles. Oh, dear lordy, it was horrible. In fact... Oh, I'm going to take that, yeah. Rex. Um, sorry, you can continue in a second. I'm just finishing up time on Noose here. You, 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 oh, you here, I'll, I'll help you with that. Oh, thanks. No, no, see, just get a... Ah, see, I'm going to release the carbon monoxide as well, and I'll get the shotgun ready. But actually... Right, yeah, may as well, yeah. May, may as well be thorough about yeah. this. So you want the shotgun first, or do I get it? Yeah, you get it. I'll, Sorry, I just don't I'll, like. I just don't like it. So right. bloody when I'll I'm write the suicide it. note. Yeah. So cool. anyway, Godzilla's Revenge slash All Monsters Attack is basically about the Godzilla franchise existing in the mind of one boy. It's like how in Saint Elsewhere, where everything happened in the mind of an autistic kid, and so this boy Ichiro, not Kenny, surprisingly retreats into this fantasy world because he's bullied at school and his parents neglect him. He's a Kiba Ranger. Yeah, it's a Kiba Ranger. This is just a very, very young... Nobuho. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, he enters his fantasy world and interacts with Minya, who's able to change form and talk. And it's just some horrible thing about confronting your bad guys and everything. It's just naff. It's mostly stock footage. It's like Home Alone meets Pagemaster. The only redeeming quality is the Gabra suit because hey he's a big ginger thing with a yeah. cat's face it's it's funky some funky oni looking thing i'm just upset that he isn't an official monster you know he's only and he exists in ichiro's mind yes maybe we all exist in ichiro's mind i keep saying that the sub is better than the dub because i grew up on subs for a lot of godzilla films and i actually showed you the sub we a few weeks ago and come on it was a little better than the dub. The dub was just painful. Well, I mean, neither one is good. It's just that which one is less painful. And, well, you don't have to put it with um, Manila's weird Barney voice in the sub, so eh, that's the one I go for. Woo! And, God, it was just a mad mess of stock footage. It was just, it was like the episodes in Star Trek where they need to save money. <laughs> Here's a clip show. We've got, we've got some money for one more suit. Yeah, sure, we'll make a bit more money. <sighs> you can tell at this point in the Godzilla series... Things are taking a trip downhill. And in terms of quality... Well, it's got some iconic monsters later on, but in terms of quality, it's going down. And that's quite prevalent in Godzilla vs. Hedorah. Oh, man. Oh, actually, um, it bears mentioning again, the director of Hedorah has died recently, which is unfortunate. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, Hedorah was a, was a good film. Weird film. I'm always sad that um, he never got to make... Um, what was that one he tried to make? Oh, um, the one with Deathler, like yeah. later on. Uh, Basically, it? it's Hedorah 2.0. Oh, oh, it was Godzilla 3D to the max. Very, very odd name, but quite but quite restrained by Japanese standards. Oh, man. 
uh, <laughs> restrained by Godzilla standards, you know? It's not uh, it's no GMK, is it? Ah, uh, yes. So, in this one, it's your basic eco thriller, not 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 quite thriller, but the it's got to the like, earth guys. Yeah. <laughs> But it's got your typical anti-pollution sentiment. The designs for Hedora were fantastic. Mm. It is a competent enough film as it is. It's not a great Godzilla, but it's it's there. Hedora Again, is one of the few designs I think could be improved with CGI. Not completely making him CGI, but like um, building up on the suit, making it kind of a, like a scabby, crusty mess. Yeah, like there's like like he's mostly like a kind of thick, viscous blob like he's got this kind of hardened crust that kind of cracks and uh, it's just gross thinking about it. like he's got a layer of slightly hardened scum here's covering what's going to make it a bit more gross Hidora's eyes were based on vaginas the designer straight up admitted that and you know what goes great with it <laughs> just so uh, why does he have balls in him then what were those they're his magic balls you can't have a monster without magic balls they took his magic balls out <laughs> It's quite a brutal scene, actually, where Godzilla gets blinded and ends up trying to dry Hedorah out while ripping out his magic balls. Quite brutal, really. Straight up ripped him apart. Fun fact, the guy who played Hedorah actually had to have one of his magic balls taken out, his <laughs> appendix to be specific, and uh, they couldn't get him out of the suit in time, so, well, they had to take him partially out and just kind of perform the operation there. Also, he turns out to be immune to the anesthetics they used. That really Ooh. makes the ending scene in Versus Hedora a lot more on the nose. Yeah. That's probably how it felt. They probably just used footage up for the operation in that. <laughs> and just rotoscoped Godzilla over it. <laughs> no, no, case... no, 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 no. They made the surgeon dress as Godzilla for the operation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. They love to control the budget to tell them. Oh, God. And then after that, we had some nice serious ones. We had Godzilla versus Gigan, which mm. was... Had a semi-eco thing. It had a plot about hippies trying to stop an evil corporation run by cockroach men. But that's just the idea of every Japanese death cult. Okay, we got the baddies running a theme park, and it's like, oh, Godzilla-looking tower thing, woo. Always bothered me. I mean, Godzilla still is not a good guy in this. That would be like, uh, that'd be like Japan having uh, Hiroshima Land. The... Uh, <laughs> With the fat man ride. Or it's like um, Auschwitz having a theme park. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a food like... court selling only our bike marked fries. Seems very, very inappropriate. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose they are cockroach people. Yeah, they don't have a sense of taste. They're not real people. The, the garbage. <laughs> uh, so, actually, this film is quite a, another budget-saving one. Oh, yeah. Aside from the really lovely Gigan suit, you don't mm. see Godzilla fight until 56 minutes into the film. Isn't this the, the first film to have blood? First Godzilla film to have blood? Yes. In fact, Anguirus charges toward Gigan through Leroy Jenkins style, gets a chainsaw to the face. He ain't the smartest tool in the shed. He was looking kind of dumb. With his finger and his thumb in the shape of an L on his forehead. You're listening to the Smash Mouth Power Armor podcast. All <laughs> well, the glitters is gold. gold. And of course, Gigan became something of a, a little hit among the Toku community. Oh yeah, I, the Boba Fett. Of yeah, I, I was going to say that. I don't think it is um, inaccurate to say he's the Boba Fett of Godzilla. No, of course. And then we had the abomination that is versus Megalon. Which is, we got to save money. It's just, yeah, mostly stock footage, controversial by nowadays standards. Poster of Godzilla and Megalon fighting on top of the World Trade Center. I need to get that for mm. this room at some point. It's just, it's like history. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, its not aged well. Uh, again, we could make a very long episode about Shoah in particular. Oh, but yeah. Megalon, the movie itself, not great. It was even covered in Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm. It was cheesy. You laughed your ass off, Jet Jaguar. Uh. <laughs> just watching him walk down stairs. It was just, it's a juxtaposition, man. Also, I had a lot of rum in me. Yeah, rum does that to kaiju fans. <laughs> If you have tried rum and haven't giggled mindlessly at Jet Jaguar... You aren't living. You aren't living. Try more rum. And, oh, of course, then it ended on quite a bombshell. We had the Mechagodzilla films. Godzilla mm. vs. Mechagodzilla and Terror of Mechagodzilla. A Mechagodzilla suit is probably my one of my favourite Showa suits with... Um, I say my second favourite because um, Gorosaurus is my, my top favourite one. Waifu. My waifu for laifu. No, I just I love it. It just... It's good. It's a good old suit. But at the Mechagodzilla suit, it's um nice and hard, um, not really flappy. Gets the point across. It's a big old robot. The uh, 
a plot for Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla is, well, Godzilla's coming up and, oh no, he's attacking people. That's not like Godzilla at all. Uh, oh, what? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, no, it's not really Godzilla. It's, uh, it's Terminator Godzilla. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I actually got one of my favorite uh, scenes in a Godzilla film in it as well. It's when, um, it's when Mechagodzilla still has his uh, weird skin suit ah, on. Ah, yes. And, and Gurus kind of goes up to him and uh, they end up fighting. And it's just really heartbreaking. call out to him first. Yeah, kind of calls like, hey, buddy. Oh, wait, you're not Godzilla. Oh, no. And, of course, it had the really long, drawn-out scene with the King Shisa summoning song. Oh, man, I actually really like that song. Yeah, it was okay, but dear lordy, did it last for a while. Mm. He's a heavy sleeper. Let the dog go sleep. And then we moved on to Terror of Mechagodzilla, which is basically like, okay, we've made Mechagodzilla, but better, and also we found this woman who can control Titanosaurus with her mind, and let's make her into a cyborg. That's pretty sweet. There we go now. She controls both Titanosaurus and Mechagodzilla. The bad guys have made a fairly competent decision, actually, now. Also, we can't afford the monkey suits anymore, so... Yeah. Whoops. Oh, they're just they're just in human disguise the whole time. Mm. And that was actually another fun film. Again, we could just talk so much about Showa. It ended on an okay note, but they knew yeah. when to kill off Godzilla. What were those guys called? The aliens? It was the uh, oh from aliens the from the third planet, planet of the black, from the black hole. hole. Yeah, I like how they come back in the Dark Horse comics. Oh yes, like those they infiltrate the military or something like that. Yeah, but then I... they did a big reveal like, hey, everyone's an ape. Oh, you could just You've really made a monkey something. out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, the Showa series had a lot of development. Mm. They went from stark, serious covering of the horrors of war to campy family romp through usual campy monster battles. Then it became nearly serious. Then they just started running out of ideas and money. And it came to a fairly natural conclusion after they finished Mm. the Mechagodzilla ones. They were just like, well... It's not a bad yeah. place to end it. Not a great place. Destroy all monsters. If if they ended it there. If I could change anything about the uh, film series, Destroy All Monsters would be at the end, just after Terror of Mechagodzilla. I think that would be a better note to end it on. Actually, canonically, it is oh, the last one. 1999, right? 1999, yeah. yeah. There's a moon base. The far off future. Yeah, just the yeah, sixties Japan was nineteen ninety nine. Show a series definitely had a lot of ups and downs. And it's worth mentioning. Uh, so it's worth bringing in some other honourable mentions from the series, such as Rodan, the Mysterians, Varan the Unbelievable, Mothra as well, uh, which does the whole weird cinematic universe thing. Frankenstein versus Baragon. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, War of the Gargantuas. Still have never seen War of the Gargantuas. I need to get around to. to it. Oh, it's a good one. Atragon Matango, a one I really want to watch. Oh, that it. is really, a proper horror yeah, film. Yeah, I want to see that Matango. Is, that is very spooky. Mm, the Gora, uh, King Kong Escapes, which is... Uh, I think Doctor Who in that is played by the same guy who plays um, Dr. Shinigami oh, wow. in Kamen Rider. And don't forget, um, last but not least, Space Amoeba. Oh. Which then introduced things that were like referenced in the Millennium series. Yeah, like, uh, oh, mm. what was it? Uh, Kamebus. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, back on topic. We sure love our tangents here. Mm-hmm. What would be your favorite Showa Godzilla film? The original, no contest. Uh, there are a lot of good ones. I have a lot of favorites from there, like a Three-Headed Monster. But the original, in my mind, is the best. It is hard-hitting, and honestly, I, 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 I'm not ashamed to admit that I cried at the end when Sarazawa kills himself. I'm always torn between Versus Hedora and Destroy All Monsters, because I love me some campy hmm. monster romping. I just cannot live without it. It is, it is the good stuff. That's how I remember it. Yeah. You've got to be a bit tongue-in-cheek, and it was it was just there. It's funny when uh, when some fans try to be a bit too uh, gritty and grim with Godzilla. Like, come on. We then move on to the Heisei era of Godzilla, and even though there was only a nine-year difference between Terror of Mechagodzilla and the return of Godzilla, there are a lot of changes. Mm, boy, yeah. It took me ages to work out how to pronounce Heisei. I always thought it was Heisei. Yeah, right? It- I had no idea until I heard an actual Japanese person say it. Good lord. Yeah. Took us a while to learn about Japan. Oh, there's Japan. I thought everyone spoke in an American transatlantic accent. Yeah. Japan still exists. Japan still I, exists? Well, that was that's... a myth. Wow. Actually, it's like in really ancient human history when people thought China was a myth. It isn't? Yeah, I know. Wow. Donald Trump was actually around at that time. That's why he's so fascinated by China. <laughs> he, he was a China skeptic. <laughs> 
Yes, indeed. It is the uh, the midpoint of the uh, Japanese Godzilla series. It's uh, it's an interesting one. This in- it took a darker turn than Showa. You know what? Uh, you know what would be better than a grey Godzilla? A black Godzilla. That's right. They tried to make it a lot more dark, a lot more serious. The Return of Godzilla was more a retelling of the mm. 1954 one, but of course they added some 80s flair into it. They had and if you watch the American version, Doctor oh, Pepper. God, yeah, yeah. Hey. Hey Rex, you know what? You know what I think of when I think of uh, Godzilla. What Ranger? A nice, refreshing can of Dr Pepper. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so let's see the brands we've covered uh, in this podcast so far over its history: <laughs> Krispy Kreme, Dr Pepper, Jason David Frank, Jason David Frank brand. Fra- oh, oh, well, he, he should. He don't. He should, he should like do sell hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, Jason David yeah, Frank Furters. Jason <laughs> David Frank. Yes. No, no, no. But then he'd be bought out by Saban, and it'd be Saban's Jason David Franks. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, tangent time. So, the return of Godzilla in itself, it was serious, it was dark, it seemed like more of a one-off thing, and they tried to make it different. It's definitely more in keeping with the original. It has a, has a really nice um, Cold War theme going through it as well. Ah, uh, yes. Because there's this, um, it got this kind of whole nuclear thing, and uh, the Yanks and the Ruskies want to, want to, want to bomb it or something like that, and uh, the Japanese Prime Minister... Has this really cool moment where, uh, like, he has a meeting with them both, and his aides kind of ask him when he comes in, you know, "What happened? What's going to do? What did he say to them?" And he said, "Would you be as comfortable with bombing us as you would be bombing your own countries?" Oh, that's really quite on the nose. Yes, nice moment. It's not unlike uh, Shin Godzilla in some aspects, in terms of its uh, very political. political. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. After the return of Godzilla, the Heisei series distances itself from Showa by serializing the rest of the films. Mm. Versus Biolante is a sequel to Return of Godzilla, and every film after that is a sequel of the other, and everything seems to tie in to each different one. Fairly consistently. I mean, they have a, uh, a recurring cast. Uh, Mickey Seguse is brought in oh, in Biolante. Yes. Um, she stays there all the way to Versus Destroyer. Yeah, and uh, then there's. Oh. Oh, a uh, bloke introduced, I think it was Biolante, maybe Return. Um, his brother, um, Yuki, in um, Space Godzilla comes in. I like it. Decent recurring cast. Brings up yeah, a nice sense of continuity. It added a storyline where there wasn't necessarily one in Godzilla. They gave it something for people to follow. It yeah. brewed up a fan base. It was a bit odd. Fairly campy in some areas. They really didn't know how to handle some things. Yeah. But, oh boy, they really tried with this one. And so let's talk about Versus Biolante. This is one of my oh. favourite ones. And these two, these last two films we've covered, actually, they were really hard to get for a while because of some so licensing hard. disputes. I could not find Versus Biolante except for, like, a Chinese VHS. Mm. But thankfully, we can get them now. And uh, didn't I buy Return of Godzilla for you for, uh, yep, for Christmas? Yeah, right up there on the yeah. shelf. It's a good one. It's up there on the shrine. Right next to the photo of Julian Bashir. Praise be. Tangents about Alexander Siddig's really, really handsome face aside, let's talk about the plot of Versus Biolante. It's a plant. Godzilla hates the plant and they fight. Well, to be more specific, scientist's daughter dies, and like every scientist who loses a loved one, he decides to merge her DNA with that of a rose and Godzilla, because, yeah, bit the hair of the dog that bit you. Well, we, we all deal with grief in, in different ways. I mean, personally, I know that I like to lock the people who cause me grief in a basement and watch them slowly starve to death and dwindle away. But, you know, that's just me. I mean, personally, I think that's healthier than making a monstrosity out of science, but hey, you know. Actually, I think for yours, you make the monstrosity out of yourself. Well, humanity is the real monster, Rex. Humanity is the real monster. So when am I going to get my cat back? I love the designs for Versus Biolante, especially for Biolante's forms. Mm. It was so cool. In fact, there were deleted scenes that were going to be claymation for Godzilla struggling with Biolante. It was such a cool design. I think it was designed by a dentist. Yep. And he just thought, okay, big teeth teeth monster, lots of claws, and there's probably some Freudian things in there as well. You want to know what's funny? What? She was meant to have a face. Like a person face. Oh, that is yeah, just terrifying. That's weird. I'm still up. freaked out by the orb things. Is that supposed to be a brain? And that organic sphere? That's never actually brought up. That is just disturbing. Oh, that's her magic ball. Oh, yeah, the magic ball. Where do girls have magic balls? This one has. Every monster has magic balls. Biolantes are just bigger than yours. Ha ha. Good, we've got that ball joke out of the way. In a pleasant return to form, actually, in the first few Heisei films, Godzilla is the villain, he is the monster. Mm. Biolante is actually quite benign. And even in the later comics, she is always trying to help. She's quite selfless in a sense, probably because of the human side. Well, um, there, there is no um, 
film or comic that I've come across in which she is the instigator of conflict. Um, in Cataclysm, she's trying to um, restore plant life to the Earth, and Godzilla's like, no, no, that for me, thank you, Governor, and just kind of blasts her every time he can. In fact, when you first saw her, she was just there in the middle of a lake. Yeah, she was just, just chilling. I'm here, I guess. I'm a rose. Aren't I pretty? So moving on, after Versus Biollante, we have the first Heisei movie I, the Fabulous Rex, was exposed to, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. They tried to go for some funky time-traveling drama here, they rebooted King Ghidorah, and oh lordy, how do we get started on this? Is this a good film? I That's don't questionable. Know. I like it. I enjoyed it's it. It's enjoyable. I don't know if it's good though it's got so so many things wrong with it and so in terms of the plot for those who have not watched it you filthy cave-dwelling philistines so essentially travelers from the future came to the present to tell people that godzilla's a bad thing and so they get people from that era and travel back in time to trap Godzilla at the bottom of the ocean in the 1940s or 30s. Actually, it's the 40s, isn't it? Yeah, Pacific yeah. Conflict. And apparently he wasn't some dormant organism that was reborn in nuclear fire, in a sense. He was actually alive and on a Pacific island. And he actually saved the Japanese soldiers from the American scum. And yeah, and actually he was about dying when he was reborn with nukes. It's just very, very funky. I don't know. I mean, and I don't know if I like any of this. I yeah. mean, it's it's fun. It's it's weird that um, I don't think he actually intentionally saves the um, the soldiers either. He's just like, oi, mush, you're a uh, you start and you start and stuff. Leave. Hippity hoppity, this island's my property. <laughs> oh, oh, remember that um, when when the future ship kind of lands at night. Oh, why didn't you tell your son about this, Major Spielberg? Ah, yes. So anyway, after the English teachers from the future trap Godzilla at the bottom of the ocean for some really weird reason instead of just killing him they then leave behind three furbies who then later merge from the nukes and become king Ghidorah. well didn't you know that's the fourth rule of the mogwai uh you know uh, don't feed them after midnight don't get them wet uh, don't expose them to bright light don't leave three of them on an island where nukes are going to be dropped yeah that's pretty much what you get and so they then return to a present day ruled by the future people and they control king Ghidorah and it's actually quite cool then because you've got a lovely scene of him flying over everything oh, and swooping. Yeah. The design itself was great. You've got this massive scaly dragon looking thing and it is beautiful. Great Ghidorah look. I love it. It kind of gets rid of the pube halo from the uh, yeah from the previous one, but I think it, it kind of streamlined. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. One thing that really bothers me though about the time travel in this, they go they go back to the present, right? And it's exactly where they left off. You know, everyone remembers Godzilla. Um, no one oh, knows yeah. who Ghidorah is, and yet Ghidorah has sh has should have been there since like the forties. The Maybe there's a paradox machine. It's like you're going into Doc Doctor Who territory there. It's I, like okay, it's Doctor Who meets the Terminator. Actually, that's the best way to sum this episode up. <laughs> Doctor Who meets the Terminator. Yeah, I mean, uh, M11 does have that old Terminator thing he's got going on there. And among the future people, there is one Japanese lady called Emmy, and she's somehow able to telepathically connect to Godzilla. And sort of sense him still dormant at the bottom of the ocean, not dead or drowned or anything, just in, like, weak and little. And so what do they do? They send a nuclear submarine to Godzilla so he can destroy it, be exposed to the radiation. Not and... only that, not only that. <laughs> oh. It's a privately owned nuclear submarine oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, it's the libertarian dream. <laughs> libertarian dream. And, of course, this not only returns Godzilla to the present, but also makes him bigger and nastier. Yep, as in, he's got a bigger suit, he's got a more animalistic design, his roar has a proper growl at the end as well. The side effect of nukes is it turns you into an asshole. Yeah, look what it did to Gino. And the fight scene itself is pretty interesting. You've got uh, Godzilla actually, well, having the usual strangling thing happening. And again, what we said before, he never manages to win on his own. In this case, the humans destroyed the control device. And so Ghidorah was quite vulnerable after that. Oh, it has a pretty um, brutal fight thing. Like when oh, Ghidorah's yeah. trying to fly away, and he just kind of shoots his wings out. Oh, God, yeah. Like knocks out the center head. And oh, yeah. It's just nasty. And they just they actually find him on the bottom of the ocean in the future, it's revealed. He's still barely alive. And so at this point, Godzilla is just now getting really, really angry because they realized, hey, by bringing Godzilla back, he's going to kind of kill everything. So, uh, of course, it follows that you concoct a plan to uh, let Ghidorah lay there for a couple of centuries. 
and then use future technology to cyborg him up. Yeah, it's a very Japanese thing. Okay, we've got this corpse, we're sure it's going to stay preserved. Let's make an undead cyborg out of it and control it from, like, an, a cyborg center head. Unfortunately, we didn't have Tiny Ferris to tell us this was a bad idea. Yeah, oh, that Mecha King Ghidorah was a fantastic design, though, and you had mm. Emmy piloting it. It was sort of a precursor to the Kiryu thing, because yeah. you had a, quite a strong female protagonist. Mm just owning it and even then she sacrifices herself at the end yeah and m11 is in uh mecha king Ghidorah as well yeah, oh, she yeah. puts his uh, little program disc into the, uh, into oh, the console yeah. i wondered what that was yeah wow i really would have loved to have a remake of that mecha king Ghidorah was such a great design yeah, yeah i think i think godzilla vs king Ghidorah, the heisei version is a film definitely worth remaking to, it's not a um, great film in itself but it's not it's has well known great potential yes really need, has some crease that need ironing out you can make a really great time travel movie out of it like oh, like yes. if they return to the future to the to the present and it's like this horrifying kind of hellscape ruled over by Ghidorah. Like the future guys are still kind of hiding out there and oh, we messed up we made a mistake it was such a it was a fun film it's what got me into kaiju properly and oh boy memories so many mm. memories Next up, we have Eco Warriors. It's Godzilla vs. Mothra. Again! Oh boy. We start off with Hokkaido Jones and the Temple of Styrofoam. It's the start of Indiana Jones. He's uh, stealing a, a relic and escapes only to be accosted by natives. I guess they wanted to cash in on some of that sweet Indiana Jones money. It was a very, very odd first scene. And it was basically a retelling of Mothra vs. Godzilla, but on a bigger budget. And with an edgy OC in it as oh, well. Oh, yeah. We've got Batra. ourselves some Batra. Really, really cool design. Loved the lava. And just sad it didn't have much time. And why is it? has it been adopted as like the shadow, the hedgehog uh, of the Godzilla community? Man. Nothing personnel, kid. <laughs> Teleports behind you. Oh, it's because he's black and red. Yeah, he's black and red and spiky. And mm. yeah, actually, I've got a plushie of lava Batra. He is the cutest. Have you seen the um, what the suit looks like? Oh yeah, it's it's what I speculated the Abira one is like. It's just this bloke with a bloke legs dangling out of a, a battery suit. It's hilarious. The full body one was quite nice. I think it was more of a puppet there. Mm. Oh but yeah, that yeah, was, was so good. I do love how he's more kind of um, edgy, kind of like his carapace is hard and spiky and stuff like that. Whereas Mothra is kind of fluffy and nice. I don't like the chicken feet Mothra has in this though. Yeah. I find that everything Godzilla does in the Heisei series, even in this film, he's always the bad guy, but there is always a greater evil going on that he has to fight. I'd agree with you, except in two places. I mean, overall, you're right, but like in, in uh, Mechagodzilla and this one, he is the greater evil. It's Batra. Oh, yeah. That takes that place, because oh, Batra yeah. starts off as being an asshole, and then Mothra's like, my dude, dude oh, dude's yes. going to destroy everything, so uh, you want to stop being an ass? Batra is just the Earth's way of cleansing itself violently. Batra is uh, like an eco-terrorist. He's very extreme in his measures. But he's not above uh, compromising and developing, which I, I like. I wish I wish I had more of Batra. It's amazing how much personality you can give to a puppet. But enough about Theresa May. <laughs> um, it was okay in itself. It introduced Miki Sagusa as your typical psychic who can sense monsters and everything. Less of a civilian role, actually. Yeah, after um, after her first appearance, she starts being a bit more official. But uh, she joins um, G Force in a Space Godzilla. It's it's very weird. Yeah, but it sort of makes sense in well versus Mothra. It's it's a retelling of Mothra versus Godzilla. What's to hate about it? It's okay. It's mm. it's a bit more family friendly than what you'd expect. I like the uh, more mystical elements they add to Mothra's oh, lore definitely. as well. I really like Mothra as being a mystical um, deity. It also had one of the best designs for Mothra. The Heisei designs are always often the best for things. See, I disagree. I'm not too fond of um, of Heisei Mothra. I think she's a bit too a bit too kiddie. I mean, she suits the uh, rebirth. She's, a, she's a big fluffy thing. How can you hate the big fluffy things? I don't hate her. She's not my favorite at all. Well, what's next? You go say GMK Mothra is the best. Here's a translucent wasp. You know, it, it insults me that you'd even consider saying that to me. <laughs> so anyway, we then move on to Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2. Interestingly enough, they really keep on the sequelitis thing. Oh boy. They build Mechagodzilla out of the remains of King Ghidorah. I think we mentioned this once in yeah. previous casts. It's like, okay... That attempt failed. Let's build a slightly worse thing out of the remains of that thing. Oh, it gets even worse in um, in the manga version of, uh, of Space Godzilla. 
uh, Morgera is meant to be like even meant, is more powerful. And then uh, Godzilla's destroyed. They have two uh, Morgeras made from the original Morgera. <laughs> Sub Morgeras. Yeah. And so anyway, Mechagodzilla two introduced Rodan again, and they really tried to add a full plot to this movie. It even introduced Baby Godzilla. Oh man, that is my one of my favorite Heisei suits. It's really good, the little Baby Godzilla thing. Looked like it's, a tiny crack addict. It's great. <laughs> It's like little Lindsay Lohan. Uh. I don't see how that's cute. At this point, I really started to enjoy the soundtracks for the Godzilla films because they definitely added more of a theme to it. Like for the one for this movie, it was some big, slow brass thing. It definitely said, Godzilla, bad, big baddie. I think the Godzilla films are really underrated in terms of soundtrack. Akira Ifukube really did some great stuff. It was amazing. Some of the themes were so emotional. Oh, yeah. Like that, um, that weird kind of harp thing that plays when Godzilla surfaces in... Um, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. That is... Because it's often accompanied by the main theme as well. Yeah. It's just so surreal. Lovely. And, yeah. Versus Mechagodzilla 2, not my favourite Heisei no. movie. It's okay for what it's worth. It's just It just feels like Iron Man 2 for me. It's bridging the gap between it, yeah. competent films. Pretty weak fights as well. Beams. Beam spam. Yeah, you don't really see any decent punching action. Of course, there's just... Here, have a Rodan puppet. And they've been fond of Rodan puppets. But then later on, we had Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla. And it was, well, not a good film. Not particularly good. But, oh dear crikey, Space Godzilla was fantastic. It's a guilty pleasure. And at this point, the forces of man are like, okay, we're kind of having to deal with our Godzilla problem. He's on this island. What if we try and control him? Boom, attach an antenna or something, and then just have Miki tell him what to do. That doesn't that, quite go that well. That worked, didn't it? Yeah, at least it's not what happened in Cataclysm. What was Yuki doing there? Like, was he. I think he was officially there, but he'd been there for like months. What was he meant to be doing there? Something important, but he just didn't care. It just ends up making it like this bullet full of blood coagulant. Yeah, and then they had little Godzilla. Like, okay, here's baby Godzilla. No, now he's this cute little squat fat thing that looks like a cat. Looks like a Scottish fold in Godzilla form. He looks like a, like a chibi thing you'd see in anime. It's so bizarre because it instantly gets rid of any prospect of this being a serious movie. No, 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 no. The title did that. Oh, God, you're right. Honestly, I I wanted to watch Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla when I uh, first got into Godzilla just because of the title. What's not to love about Space Godzilla? Godzilla from space. Yeah. And I love the way how they theorized where Space Godzilla came from. So, okay, we've decided. It's either from Biolante's cells that somehow went through a black hole, came out through a white hole, or maybe it was like Godzilla's cells caught on Mothra that were then released in spores, and we just don't care anymore. They don't know either. It's great. Because in these films, there's always like a... Oh, the monster was made because of... Uh, uh, Tectonic plate shifting and nuclear fission. Released nuclear gas from beneath the planet's surface. It's an ancient species of hominids. by a dentist. But in this one, they are just like, we haven't a clue. Sort of Godzilla from space. Everyone's screwed. And he had this fantastic design, just covered in crystals. Oh. And, oh, that final fight, was it... Was it which tower was it? Oh, I've no idea what it's called. some massive yeah. spire. But, yeah, it's there. Oh, then there was Mogera, which is just a really, really useless robot. I suppose because it looks like something someone would hang from their uh, shelf to kind of heal their chakra. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I want to try and see if I can make one of those mineral lamps yes. just in the shape of Space Godzilla. I love how he can kind of retract his kind of biological bits and he kind of make a cover it in crystals and just kind of fly around like that it's, it's just kind of weird <laughs> lieutenant dan what happened to your legs <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's an ass as well he's like a massive he, ass he doesn't have to mess with that uh, little godzilla he just does it because he can yeah it's like it's his inner chad he's <laughs> got to pick on the little ugly thing i can't really remember anything noteworthy about that movie though aside from the really awesome space godzilla designs they were meant to bring um, Mechagodzilla back in it, but they realised, oh, hang on, Mechagodzilla's a bit too powerful. Yeah. A, what's a crap robot we can bring back? How about that mole thing? Yeah. yeah. Just give him treads. At this point, you can tell in the franchise, 
they'd gone way too camp. Versus Space Godzilla was too camp for them to continue on a large scale, and that's why they had to end it with Versus Destroyer. Oh boy, this is one of my. This is probably my second favorite uh, Godzilla film. Actually, it's a very kind of dark reflection of the original. In um, in that Godzilla was created by the atom bomb, uh, Destroyer yes. was created by the oxygen destroyer used in 1954. And that movie was so great; it felt like a perfect ending to it yeah and in fact because hey sort of japan was taking things from terminator to use for versus king Ghidorah, they just use aliens for versus destroyer when you have like the little forms the crab like yeah. things walking through the hallways they even have the secondary little jaw thing yeah. that shoots out it was really funky and they definitely went a more horror route for it yeah i like the kind of uh, foot soldier f- uh, fight scenes in the uh like this tunnel and like this industrial thing like they're having to swap out different weapons to deal with these horrible little things is getting them yeah and they even like modded the godzilla suit to make it glow red yeah it's like, okay he's gonna melt down guys we've got to stop him and then they kept on trying to freeze him and everything and then they realized ah oh, crap we've got to use that oxygen destroyer monster that's killing all of our people so they have to lure him to it yeah didn't they use godzilla jr as bait yeah they kind of they they move junior to kind of fight uh destroyer so that godzilla will change course to go where junior is wow that's kind of a dick move yeah uh, junior wasn't even doing anything oh, yeah, Mickey Sagusa points that out, like, kind of a dick move, guys. Gene Roddenberry would be so disappointed by this immoral act. <laughs> I know, because they introduced another psychic in this, and she has, like, a couple of moments with Mickey, and um, it kind of has their opposing thing, like, um, and I kind of, I feel bad for Mickey, because she starts out like this really kind of happy, bubbly girl, and then, oh, yeah. well, she's been fighting Godzilla for a good couple of years, and she has to, she, not only that, but she's fighting G-Force as well, because she wants to help Godzilla live in peace with humanity, and they're like, no, screw him, let's, let, let's, let's kill him. Kill him, control him, whatever. And, oh, God, the ending for that, though, when you see Godzilla die. Oh, that is horrible, because you see him melt. Actually, this film includes another one of my favorite moments, where Godzilla's crying. Oh, crap, yeah, after Junior's killed by Destroyer. Jesus. Yeah, and you can, you can see him kind of trying to vent radiation into him, because he knows it'll heal him. Oh, but he just, man. This brings me back. I've got the tears welling. Yeah, oh. it's really sad because it's there are these moments where it kind of humanizes the monsters. Oh, like like yeah. I said with the um, Mechagodzilla with um, with Anguirus calling to Godzilla for help, stuff like that. It's yeah. Really great moments, and people don't pay attention to the people don't remember these so much. It's remember, and the monsters fight, and it's cool. Yeah, but no, they these... try to put so much into it. Yeah, and. Heck, even the uh, the American one did that when um, Godzilla kind of makes eye contact with um, Big McLarge Huge. And there was this lovely deleted scene that was stop motion of uh, Godzilla fighting Destroyer while he was melting down. Yeah. While he was dying. And that oh, even the soundtrack, it's just like, oh my god, they did it. But then that one scene, like at the end, so we see Junior coming back up as a full foot. That is yeah. just so good. I think... Oh. Wasn't this the last one that Ifukube um, scored? I think it is the last one he scored, yeah. Oh, oh the, the woman from um, Yamane's Daughter from 1954 came back in it as well. Oh, really? The one who cooked Sarazawa with the, uh, the, the, uh, the boat bloke. Man. Yeah. Uh, Versa Destroyer was a great goodbye to the Godzilla series. Of course, we know that only a few years later it would be rebooted, but to the public, it seemed like, wow, they've gone through the paces they realized they couldn't really do much else with it because the Heisei series, like, it mimicked the Showa series because they tried to go serious. Yeah. And it just ended up turning really, really camp. And even though the Showa series didn't have a proper send-off, they tried to do it with Heisei. They were like, we've run out of ideas. Let's just end it in a cool way. Honestly, I mean, I'm a huge Godzilla fan, but I almost wish it ended with Destroyer because that's a it's, that's a perfect oh, ending for it. That's uh, why, I mean, partially, it always bugs me when Destroyer comes up in the comics because Destroyer is a very special monster in oh, in its relationship with Godzilla. He's the and, first one to properly kill a Godzilla. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, he's cool to see around, and I, I don't hate it. I just, you know, with with Ghidorah, kind of earns that kind of spot as a uh, one of the biggest threats to Godzilla. But Destroyer in himself, he is Satan. He's a big ass thorny demon. He mm. stands out, and just there's nothing that can really compete with him. Yeah, even Godzilla. I mean, base form Godzilla couldn't hold a candle to destroy her. Uh, and this concludes the Heisei period. And of course, after that, we had the Millennium series. And we're sort of running out of time here, but we'll get up to that in another episode. It's like we're milking this one too. We're milking this one to the grave. But yeah, we've been through the important ones. Showa, Heisei, 
And these ones had really cemented Godzilla. They've gone through various genres, various tones. They made it so unique in its own way. And it's a shame that Millennium later on didn't serialize. They just made it as standalone films based off the first movie. You know what I'm disappointed in the most about Millennium? Go on. Both previous films had other monster... Well, both previous eras had different monster films going alongside Godzilla. Like uh, like uh, Godzilla had the uh, the Rebirth of Mothra trilogy. Yeah. Also, uh, also known as Fern Gully with Moths. Ah, uh, yes. But um, yeah, Millennium films didn't really have that. No, they tried to be more serious. Hmm. They just knew what they were trying to do. It's also like, they were, it's what everything did in the noughties. They all wanted to do a gritty-ish reboot sort of thing. Oh, blimey. But we'll get into more detail there next week, so keep listening. And as a reminder, please visit tokutoystore.com to check out what merchandise they have available. They've got a lovely selection. They're touring convention halls. They're really making themselves known. And make sure to check us out on spandexpowerarmor.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And this is Rex signing off. Stay fabulous. Keep on riding, folks, and smash that like button. (laughs)